Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to the Cambridge Islamic College podcast. It has been narrated in Sahih Muslim that the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, Whenever some people gather in one of Allah's houses to recite the Book of Allah and study it among themselves, then calmness descends upon them. The angels surround them, mercy covers them, and Allah mentions them to those who are with Him. And some of the most recited verses of the Holy Quran are from the last chapter. Chapter. These verses are some of the first to be taught to children and new Muslims as well as recited regularly in congregation. So what better way for us to launch Cambridge Islamic College's podcast channel than with Sheikh Muhammad Akram Nadwi's Tafsir of Juz'amma. It is often said that Tafsir requires knowledge and understanding of all of the Islamic sciences and not just knowledge of the Arabic language. Sheikh Akram expertly deciphers the intricacies of these surahs and in his unique and inimitable manner makes them relatable. So, without further ado, let's begin this journey. Again, I didn't understand the question. It's problem. It, it, no, it, there's no problem in you. It, I, my hearing is problem. problem. The faster you can explain, you know, it, it, to me f- again. Why Muslims are why, why Muslims are what? Can you repeat again? Can, can you repeat the question? You know, the thing basically, I don't want to give deeper, but this is not any, any argument really. You know, you, we got rid of all those powers, still corruption remained, because there can be more corruption. You know, just really, if Indian people wanted to have free, a country free from British people, because they were corrupt, does it make any sense that after getting freedom, we Indians now come on our own to live in this country under British rule? Does it make any sense? People will say to us, if you hated British people, you wanted to get freedom, you got it, why are you coming here? Because you think if you thought all the problems are British people, you got rid of them, then live there. Now we are coming to live here. It doesn't make sense. People of Pakistan are thinking, you know, the whole problem is that they are living under minority, uh, as a minority. Once they get a country, majority, then, you know, Islam will be there. Does it make any sense now, after you got Pakistan, you move from Pakistan to live again as a minority in UK and in America? Does it make any sense? It means all the struggle basically was something else. It was not right. We, we basically, do, we are not against corruption. We just want to have our own share in corruption. That's what we want. We are not against corruption. We just want, we don't want other people to be corrupt, but not us. We want also be part of the corruption. If you give us also something, that's fine. That we want. We want enjoyment in this world. Real illness is that we, want, we love this world. We want to have our own share. That's the problem. If we really are true, then the way should be like Musa al-Islam. He does not address the corruption of Iran. He comes, the first thing is to your, listen to your Lord. First thing, first dawah should be about the hereafter. That should be. Don't start with the corruption. Because if you start with the corruption, you become worldly. 
When you start with the hereafter, then you write messenger. You cut from right message. And then you make a war between Allah and between the people. So Musa al-Islam does not start with the corruption. He starts with the right message. Firaun must have some corruption. His ministers must have some corruption. But he does not go into those things. Because, why you want to point the corruption? corruption? Because you think really, because of corruption, we can't enjoy the life. Resources are taken away from the people. Your focus is the enjoyment of this life. Allah does not want that to happen. Allah wants people's focus should be the hereafter. That you come to the people because they don't worship their Lord. And you want to show them the path of Allah Taala. But when you criticize the corruption, your focus becomes this world. Because you think really, because of the corruption of these people, we can't enjoy the life. You know, you know it does not mean that I am not against corruption. I am against corruption. But that, is not, that should not be the beginning of the da'wah of the believers. Believers should start with tawheed of ibadah, calling people to worship Allah alone. Then they can come to the other thing after that. But if people don't believe in Allah, they go to the fire of hell, and you are mentioning their corruption and this and that, then you are not serious. No, can, can you say Faisal again? What is, what is the question? Yeah. So You know, has Islam come for this purpose to ban alcohol and, and, and drink? Is it that the purpose of Islam? You know, Islam has come for the people to have. You know, you see what Quran said to Maryam Islam, Ya Maryamu, uknutil rabbike, wasjudi, warkai ma'arraka'in. O Maryam, be humble to your Lord, do ruku, do sajda, worship your Lord. Islam is pure, Islam is relation with your Lord. All the Sharia and the Lord are really to help for that purpose. They are not the main thing. You know, people living in non Muslim country, who force you to drink? Who force you? If people don't want to remain Muslim, then nobody can make you Muslim. You know, if in this country there are people they don't drink, nobody forces them. If the laws of the country allows people to drink, do you think this is the biggest problem? Why don't we make Muslims in a way that don't drink? Then all the shops will be abundant. You know, if Muslims don't drink, then how can the shops survive? Why we don't make this effort? Make Muslims not to drink, make Muslims to pray, make Muslims to thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, make Muslims to be pious. Instead of working on that, you, you want to force people to become pious. By, by shutting down all the shops, you never can help. Then people import from somewhere. If people want to drink, they still can drink in Muslim country. You think like in Saudi Arabia, drinking is banned. So what happens if people don't drink there? Do you think like that? Do you think many things are, on the time of the prayer, in Saudi Arabia, the shops are shut. So do you think everybody goes there for the prayer? People still don't. I, I've seen it in the universities there that professors, they don't go for the prayer. They don't teach that time, but they don't go for the prayer. They just close their door. Then inside the, inside the door, they don't go for the prayer. I've seen some of the teachers who I know, they, don't go for the, they didn't go for the prayer. In, in Saudi Arabia, you, don't, you should not think that your systems are going to make you pious. Bring Iman, Islam to the people, then Sharia will come. And if you want to have no Islam, no Iman, just Sharia, and Sharia can make you pious, it never can happen. Piety comes from somewhere else. The Prophet Muhammad said, how he made the people pious. Then the people themselves will not like to drink. There will no shops. Nothing will be there. But if you want to force people, 
you know, this is not the way of Islam. Then you can see all the time struggle will keep continue. You know, the first step actually is to teach people to be believers, teach them to be Muslim, teach them to worship their Lord, teach them to have in the prayers. Nobody, in, in this country, if anybody wants to remain as pure Muslim, nobody can stop, even in this country. Nobody can stop, because there are people better in this country. Actually, many of my, some of my friends in Pakistan, from Pakistan, you know, they have been asked, they said to, to me that when we go to Pakistan, come back, uh, we feel that Muslims in this country, they are better than Pakistan. Though in Pakistan, there are some Islamic laws. They don't help. Those Islamic laws, they never can help if people want to be corrupt. If people don't want to pray, you cannot force them to pray. If people don't want to be humble to their Lord, you can't make them humble. If people don't want to respect the women, you can't make them to respect. You can't force them. That comes from Iman Islam. There are no Iman Islam. There are Muslims, but no Iman Islam. We have to make effort for Iman Islam. But Muslims wrongly have been making effort on Sharia. Sharia is secondary thing. First thing is Iman Islam. You know, first thing is, I don't like the word implement. It's all political vocabulary. Islam never says implementing. When you say implement, it means force. Quran says what? Follow. Quranic word is follow. Is, you know, from willingly, not implement. Not say, power comes and implement. The way should be following the message. So first thing to understand this. Second thing, always keep one thing in mind. When the Prophet ﷺ commanded certain rules of the Sharia, who are the audience? The audience are those who already have got Iman Islam. The Prophet only, only forbade the wine, drinking wine when? In Makkah? In Medina after a while. Once he make people to reach to that stage, then he forbade the wine. If people are not believers, they are not Muslims, and you bring Sharia, it never can work. You know, you can see really, and there was Sharia, so what happens? Like you know, in Medina, there was, when they established Sharia, after only 100 years, what happened in Islam? Muslim state, what happens? People again become correct. If you read the history of Abbasid period, Umayyad period in, 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 in Damascus everywhere, people are singing, music, dancing, you know, all, the, you know, all those, everything are happening. It, it, sharia is still there. Because Sharia, you know, people don't understand what the law means. Okay? Sharia is like Islamic law. You know what the function of the law is? Like British, British country, Britain has got certain values. The purpose of the laws are basically to defend the values and to protect the people. Similarly, Sharia basically means that people have Iman Islam. Now, Sharia has come to protect and to guard that Iman Islam. But imagine really, for example, if I have got a millionaire, I have got millions upon my house, so I appoint two guards, you know, they guard my, my, my palace. It makes sense. But imagine really, I have got nothing in my house, and then I appoint two guards, because Umar Khattab used to have two guards. Umar Khattab used to have two guards because he has a million pounds in the house. So two guards, and I am, have no money, why two guards? First bring values in the society, then bring the laws. First bring Iman Islam, first have some money in the house, then appoint, uh, if you're going to pay too far two guards, and you nothing have in house, it, 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 is, it is silly. It is stupidity. We Muslims don't look actually the people in, in Medina, in the time of Umar Khattar, they have Iman Islam before they have Sharia. They don't need many Sharia. 
Sharia basically they are just you know, to look at I, but people already they, they are so pious anyway. But if people don't have Iman Islam, Sharia cannot make them pious. Sharia is only to protect the piety. For example, women. Women say hijab with to protect their piety. But if the women don't want to be pious, hijab cannot make them pious. You know, similarly for the men, you know, the, the clothes and all that is to help them to be pious. But if somebody does not want to be pious, clothes cannot make you pious. Laws cannot make you Muslim. Laws cannot make you a civil person. You know, like we have civil society. Laws cannot bring the, you know, this civilization. People have to be civil. Laws don't make them. People don't understand what the function of Sharia is. Sharia basically is that you protect something. If you get something, if you don't have anything, like you know, that story of that, you know, the Sufi, you know, he had nothing in his house. And a you know, you know, thief came in the house in the night and the Sufi was praying. And the thief actually looking from one room to other, he does not get anything. So the Sufi, after salam of the prayer, he said to the thief, that you can't find anything here anyway, because during the daytime I don't find anything. How can I find anything in, in the night? We Muslims don't have anything anyway. So even if you got Sharia, what will happen? Imagine if actually Egypt implement Sharia, as you use the word implement, implement Sharia 100%. So what, what, will, what difference will make? Will people become more pious? In Makkah al-Mukarramah there are no Sharia, but, but Makkah al-Mukarramah life produced people like Abuqar Siddiq, Umar al-Faru, Uthman Ali, Abu, Abu Badan Jarrah. In Medina, in time of Mardallah, there is Sharia, but still you see people come from Egypt, they kill the Caliph and nothing happens. They kill the Caliph. Because the values become less. Before, before Uthman al-Latana, Umar al-Khattab used to walk in the street of Medina and nothing happening. Abuqar Siddiq used to walk and there was no guard because people have Muslim Iman. Uthman's time, Islam became weaker, people walk from Egypt, people know they are coming. They came to Medina, they killed him and he was killed and people could not defend him. Nothing happened. Understand the function of the Sharia is to protect the values. The values should be before Sharia. If there is no Iman Islam, why Sharia? Allah did not reveal Sharia before Iman Islam. That's why when Isa Islam came, Jews were thinking, oh, laws and Sharia and this and that. Isa Islam became very angry to them. You people know, don't have fear of Allah, don't love him. Talking about law, he became against the law. First bring Islam. First bring Iman, don't talk about the law. So when you read the Bible, criticism against the law, it's not that he hates Sharia, no. He wants to say that bring Iman, Islam, then Sharia. We Muslims want to use Sharia without Iman, Islam. It never, never can work. If you want a ruler to, bring, to make Egypt, Muslim society, rulers cannot make it. Muslims have to be Muslim first, and also, actually, no doubt, that is really, it is not right way to say the Prophet established a state in Medina. It's all modern vocabulary. The Prophet what he was doing actually, he did the same thing as any Prophet messenger. The way, like, completely different, really. The way basically is Iman, Islam, then Sharia. This modern vocabulary of state and in boundaries and this and that and Muslim, non-Muslim, majority and major minority, many of those things did not exist really. The prophets did not, did, did not come for that purpose. That purpose something else. But anyways, you know, this course is not for that purpose. I think once I actually need actually to explain what Sharia means. Many people are confused. They think Sharia means deen. Sharia does not mean deen. Deen is Iman Islam. Quran says, And after that verse, so many shari- rules have, laws have been uh, revealed. And the hadith of Jibreel al-Islam, when Jibreel came to teach people, he asked the Prophet what Iman is, what Islam is, and at the end of that, the Prophet said, Hada Jibreelo ja'akum yu'allimukum deenakum. This is Jibreel came to you to teach you your deen. Did he teach Sharia? Jibreel did not touch any part of Sharia. So what the Iman, deen means? Deen means Iman and Islam. And we think deen means Sharia. 
Quran says deen means Iman Islam and we think deen means Sharia. Hadith of Jibreel says deen means Iman Islam and we people think deen means Sharia. If there is a state and I really think, you know, people should, I really scared that many people don't understand what I'm trying to say. But anyway, right things should be said, one day people understand really. I really feel in modern time, it is better for Muslims to live under a secular state. Under a secular government, it is better for them to avoid all the tension. And you have enough space to work hard, to call people to Islam, to teach your children, to make them believer, to make them Muslim, and get rid of tension. Once you bring the agenda of Muslim government, you create a tension basically. Then you waste your time in fighting, and you don't have any time to build your society. In our time, it is better really for believers for a while to remain under secular governments, but keep working hard, keep doing dawa, making Iman Islam. When the time will come, Allah SWT will help you. But when you bring the agenda of Islamic State, you create a tension in the whole society, then you have no time for the prayers, you have no time for Iman Islam, and people keep fighting. That is what happening. The name of Sharia brings tension to society. For the time being, wisdom is, you know, accept that what happening is, and work hard, get that space. You have got a space, work in that space, like in, in UK. And I tell you, one of the, somebody came to, to see me in Oxford, who is director of a, a, a school of Quran, Quran in, in Makkah Mukarraman. Chaloji Quran Tajud. He said to me, he wants to move from that to, to this country, so he can work for Islam. Just think really, he's living in Saudi Arabia, director of a school of Quran and all those things. Now he wants to serve the religion, so he needs to move to this country. You know what it means? It means basically people can feel really that what you see actually is, it is name of, the, Islam is on the surface, not in, inside. Sharia only can guarantee Islam on the surface. Sharia only can guarantee that on the ta- when Adhan happens, then you can shut down all the doors of the shops. But Sharia never can guarantee that people can come for the prayer. Sharia never can guarantee that people pray with Udu. You know, one of my friends, he said, you know, he was appointed as teacher to a madrasa in India, in, in Azamgarh. He said, when I, you know, he was my colleague, my colleague Nadatulama, first time in teaching, he came and I asked him what happened. He said, when I came there as a teacher, I was so shocked that, you know, everybody in the prayer and nobody misses any rakah. So I said, in Nadatulama, we used to have, sometimes people used to miss one rakah, two rakah, you know, everybody misses. But in this madrasa, nobody misses any rakah, everybody says salam at the same time. I was so shocked. So I asked the student, that, how it is that you know, nobody misses any rakah? So the student said the reason basically is because in this madrasa, if you miss one rakah, then your food will be stopped. So what we do, even if we miss the rakah, we say salam at the same time. Assalamu alaikum. So this law only can do this. You make people to have salam at the same time, but not the prayer. People actually in Saudi Arabia have said to me that people pray without wudu. People pray without wudu. Just think really. This is what happening is. Can Sharia make people to do wudu? Who knows your wudu? Think properly, bring Iman, bring fear of Allah, bring Taqwa. Quran, some, so, Quran has only one verse about cutting the hand. But most verse is about Taqwa. But that verse for cutting hand, it becomes the main thing for every Islamic state. Before a state, you need to have Islam, Iman, the fear of Allah. If people don't want to fear your Lord, you know, they can't worship Him. That I'm trying to say. Don't talk about Sharia too much. Talk about Iman, Islam. Make people pious. Is it clear?
You know the thing basically that exactly what many people don't understand actually in the Quran because Quran also said go and fight the people and the Quran said kill the unbelievers wherever you find them. People don't understand all this in the Quran. They have a certain context. So what actually happening is when the people of kufr and unbelief becomes kafir, people are called kufar and kafir in the Quran when da'wah has done, when people convey the message properly and the proof has been done properly. Still people don't want to believe and there's no proof left, nothing. Then they are kuffar. Then the way for them in the Quran is sometimes to fight them, to be tough for them, to be harsh for them. They're not about that. But before that stage comes, people need to have da'wah. You know, simple thing I tell you, if you want to understand the Quranic verses, always look at in three, three things. Some verses of the Quran have been revealed to the Prophet when he was in the stage of da'wah. Some verses have been revealed to, to him when he was in the state of hijrah. And the third part is when he basically already have moved to Medina and now things are changing for the Prophet So in that one, when he do Medina, you can see the change happening very fast, very rapidly. But the verse, Surah the Quran, which are from, from Makkah al-Mukarramah, they are not like that. In Makkah al-Mukarramah, the Prophet has been commanded, Kufu aidiyakum, hold your hands. In Makkah al-Mukarramah, the Quran has commanded the Prophet sallallahu and actually even part of Medina, that you spend money on the people who are arrested, who are put in the prison. Tell me the people, who are people put in the prison in, in Medina? Believers or unbelievers? They are the who are arrested from outside. You know, so nice to the people, all the time spending money on them, ihsan, doing good. Always keep in mind that when the Quran is, this surah is saying, it's a very long, last thing the Prophet So we, for example, one hadith said, you know, one of my teachers used to say that how Muslims don't understand the hadith, uh, you know, like the Quran, one hadith said that when you walk on a path and unbelievers come in front of you, force unbeliever to walk on the narrow path. So for example, you're walking at this nice path and, and next you take dirty and, you know, and something, you know, uh, mercy. So you be, remain on the clean one and make unbeliever to walk on the dirty one, but you remain there. If you do this in out of context, what will happen? Are people going to love you? They're going to listen to you? Understand, Prophet himself he never did like that. This is when actually Islam becomes, you know, has upper hand. When Islam becomes very clear and people still don't want to be believer because they have all the proof. So now Islam wants to humiliate Kufr. So that's another, another stage. But before that we need to prove to the people. We never convert the message. So always look actually that in any verse of the Quran, when you read the Quran, just look properly. When was this verse revealed to the Prophet that will tell you that, that what Quran was from you. That why Allah did not reveal. Otherwise, the whole book should have been revealed at one time. Why so many stages? So people know properly that you know you have to apply the Quran according to our condition. So when you come for the prayer, you need to do Udu. You know that how things are. You know people have to learn all the things properly. When you need to jihad, when have the hijrah, and all those conditions are there. To learn this thing properly, that all the verses of the Quran, they have their own context. If you take them out of the context, they don't have meaning. If the same thing about punishment and hudud and all those things, they are when you have power. If you don't have power, they don't mean for you. Then you have to work for something else. So many verses of the hudud and punishment and the laws, they basically are to a time when Muslims get power. But before the power, for them there are other verses.
You know, things like one thing properly is, you know, those people who got the status and power, they should think about this thing. I am trying to say Muslims should not get the state of power in order to implement the Sharia. You know, Muslims should say, no, you do because we have to do something else now. Muslims should be more concerned for Iman Islam. So for example, you give the example of, you know, the women thing, people beating the women, and we should get the power to stop you from the beating the women. This is a very, very bad way, reason to get the power. Let the people do, those who have state, they, they do. We will say, no, don't get state for the power. First thing actually is, teach people to respect the women. Once that teaching happened, people understood properly, then after that, if you get the power, then you implement, you know, do all those things. Don't take the power because you want people to stop them from beating their women. Because don't take the power because you want to you know, stop people from opening their shop on the time of prayer. This, this is not the way. The way is you start from the, the simple thing basically is people must begin from the beginning. Don't begin from the top. This all the matter of Sharia basically is and all implementing is and the state is starting from the, from the top. In that stage, when we are working for Iman Islam, there must be other people ruling. Secular people, they have their own laws. They implement. They are responsible how to, how to stop you from beating their women. They should make. We are not responsible. We just want to do something else. So I am trying to say by the time when the people are taking in charge, they are in power, whatever they are doing, in that time we should make effort for proper dawa, for iman, for Islam properly to create the values in the hearts of the people. And then after that, Allah SWT will give the second stage when we get the power so we can defend those values more properly. But we don't want corrupt believers to get the power to, to teach people how to be, how to be pure. It's impossible. First, we want to teach people to be, to, be, to be purified from the corruption. First, we want to make the ski of the people. Once the people are purified, then they come, they become like Abu Qasid or Umar Farooq. But if you bring, bring corrupt, corrupt people, then what happened? What happened during the Umayyad period, Abbasid period, Mughal Empire? You know what happened? Did you really think that they changed the society? In many, many ways, really. Most of these people say Khilafah was demolished in, uh, abolished in 1924. Truth of the matter actually is, after the Khilafah Rashidun, most time in Islamic history, most of these Muslim empires, they were nowhere different from secular governments. The only difference is, sometimes there is a good ruler, sometimes bad ruler. I like for the democracy, secular ruler, sometimes there are good, you know, people, sometimes bad people. There are some kind of good democracy, bad democracy, that can happen. But actually, generally, there is no difference. What they implement actually is what any secular government does. They only basically regulate the society in a way so people can live, enjoy their life, you know, don't do this and that superficial thing. Reality of the matter actually was there no, like for example, now in, in this country, in this country really people have same freedom of following Islam as people used to have during the Abbasid Empire and during the Umayyad Empire. There is no difference. The same thing really. If people want to be pious, they have same way as now. And in those days, if people want to be unpious, they also had protection. Same way. During the ambassador period, they also people very, very bad. See, Mughal Empire in India, if people want to be pious, they have same space like now. But if people want to be corrupt, they could be corrupt like their youth people do not pray. There could be difference of the number, because it was for another reason, because it's now declining to take time. But I'm trying to say these states, they did not help for the people's piety. 
they did not make people pious. Those who were pious, they could have been pious even under a non-Muslim rule, under secular power. So most of the time in Muslim world, the states basically were not very much different from any secular power. They try to say. Read the history. Don't go for so Khalifa, Khalifa so and so. Name is Khalifa, but not, not more different from anybody else. The same thing. Yeah, the Quran is saying Yaquluna. Quluna means they say, and Qalu means they said. So the reason basically is that these things that you know are we going to back for the life? They keep saying whenever the person preaches, they keep saying. But you know this thing that Qalu, to Qalu basically is like you know it is not that every time they keep repeating. It's like their mockery. You know they maybe have said once or twice or something like that. So it is not every time the Quran mentioned about the about the day of resurrection. So they keep saying the same thing, no. But every time when the Prophet reminds them about the day of resurrection, they keep saying, how can we return back? So many times, you can see, Quran is full of that. Every time they say, when we become born, this and that, are going to be, come back. So this thing keeps coming. That's why Quran is used for that, Yaquluna. For the other one, Quran says, Qalu. Because that thing is not every time they say. It could be once or twice, something like that. Not all the time. We hope you enjoyed today's lecture and pray that it will be beneficial to you. Remember to tune in for the next one. For more insightful content in full HD quality on tafsir and other Islamic sciences such as hadith, fiqh, Arabic prose, grammar and morphology, as well as Islamic history, female scholarship and much, much more, subscribe to our unique streaming platform on www.deepdeen.tv. That's D-E-E-P-D-E-E-N.tv. Don't forget to visit www.cambridgeislamiccollege.org and show your support. Please click on the donate button and give whatever you can. Our institution is dependent on the generosity of donors like yourselves.